Greetings. Welcome to In Conversation with Trevor, brought to you by Heart and Soul Broadcasting Services. I go beyond the headlines and beyond the sensational. Today I'm in conversation with Rutendo Kahari, a biomedicine student. If you enjoy this conversation, remember to subscribe, to like, and share. Let's get down to work. Rutendo Kahari, welcome to In Conversation with Trevor. Thank you so much, Mr. Nube. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Rutendo, you are interested in emerging fields of science, yes, yes. such as mm -hmm. phage therapy. Mm -hmm. First time that I came across that word. And it says this means uses of viruses mm -hmm. to treat bacterial infections. This is big stuff. Break it down for us. What does this mean? Uh, all right. Uh, so I'm excited to be teaching you a bit of science Great uh, because uh, also science communication is part of my uh, passion. So uh, you can think of phages as like tiny, tiny little viruses. So they are part of the microbiology uh, family or branch. So these tiny viruses have the ability to attach themselves. Maybe let's say like a key like uh, a key attaches itself to into a lock. So mm -hmm. it attaches itself to like a bad bacteria or that causes like a disease and it infects that bacteria and destroys it, right? So I think to try to bring a bit more context to how that would then translate into maybe like some of the global health issues that we have today. Uh, so as most people know, Africa suffers from a high burden of uh, tuberculosis and annually approximately 500,000 people in Africa die because of TB. And we do have our antibiotics that are working, but uh, our bacteria or the bacteria that causes this TB has the ability to like evolve or to adapt to the medication that's already there. So it stops working, right? So that's where these tiny little viruses could potentially come in and save us, right? Because they have the ability to kill that bacteria that causes TB. So why not take those tiny little viruses and tell them, hey, attack Mr. TB. Use it TB. as a weapon to yes, attack Yes, uh, use it TB. as a weapon to attack TB. Mm. And ultimately, that would mean we can eliminate TB. But um, this is actually not a very new concept. It's been there, I think, since like the 20th century. But uh, a lot of research hasn't been done, particularly also uh, medically or like in humans. Mm. So there's still like a lot of questions on the safety and how it then uh, reacts within the human body. So a lot of questions are still being raised. Yeah. And I hope to answer those questions in your very research. soon. Yes, tell me, yes, tell yes. me, what are you doing right now? What are you studying? Where are you studying? Uh, all right. So um, actually right now I'm not in school. So I completed my high school in 2021 and then I decided to take a gap year. So one of the main reasons why I decided to take a gap year was to learn a bit more about uh, the healthcare system of Africa, uh, just to understand a bit more about the struggles that are there within our own healthcare system. Because uh, like you said, I'm a biomedicine student. So I hope to like address some of these issues that are there within Um you know, our healthcare system. So um, within 
my gap year, I had the opportunity to do a pre-medical internship in Kenya. Uh, and Mombasa. Yes, in Mombasa, Kenya. Yes, yes, yes. At, a, at one of the largest public hospitals there. And the experience was really eye-opening because I really got to then see what we mean when we say we don't have resources. What does um, shortage of drugs looks like? What does um, lack of healthcare professionals look like? How does disease look like because I passionately talk about these diseases, but how does a person with TB look like? How does a person with HIV look like? How does a person with malaria look like? So um, it was an eye-opening experience that I uh, that I enjoyed. And obviously through some of the global health lectures, I learned quite a bit also about the healthcare system and what the current doctors are doing and what are the gaps that are already there within the healthcare system. And then how can science then come into like bridge some of these gaps that are there within the healthcare system. So that's one of the many things that I did uh, during my uh, gap year. And right now I just flew in from Cape Town where I'm doing um, my last gap year experience before college. So um, what are you doing in Cape Town? So yes, yes, yes. So we've, we flew uh -huh. down here, particularly for this conversation. Particularly for this conversation. <laughs> right. Yes. What are you doing in Cape Town? All right. So uh, I'm with an organization called Global Citizen Year. So uh, it's bringing together about 50 young global change makers from different parts of the world to learn how to lead from a place of purpose. So how do I get into my community and lead from a place of purpose? And we, it's also connecting to human rights. It's also connecting to social justice. So as I try to lead within my community, how do I make sure that the, everybody has equal access to opportunities, equal access to resources. So obviously coming in from like a scientist background, I'm like, okay, I'm thinking of, you know, developing all these amazing, amazing uh, treatments and things like that. So how then does that connect to the society that I want to develop these, um, you know, these tools for? So um, I'm currently a teaching assistant at a local private school. So um, teaching. What 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 uh, private school is that? Uh, it's called Purpose Finder Academy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm teaching in in Cape Town. Yes, yes, in Cape Town. So I'm teaching uh, high school level biology and combined science to form ones to form fours. So yeah, that's what I that's what I'm currently doing uh, in and Cape you're, Town. You've just turned twenty, hey? And yes, and I've just turned twenty. So yeah, after my Cape Town experience, which is ending um, in June, I'll be preparing for college. Mm. So uh, yeah, L let's let's go to uh -huh. um to the place where you you say that your father's illness, mm -hmm. your father suffered for 10 years. Yes, yes, yes. Um, with a chronic uh, illness. Yes, yes. And and you say this is what inspired you to get into medicine. Yes, yes. Talk to, me, talk to us about that All right. painful place, mm -hmm. being a source of inspiration to what you're doing now, mm -hmm. being a way of discovering your purpose right now. Talk to yes, us about that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so when I was eight, um, one morning, my father just started saying stuff that I didn't understand or that we didn't understand as a family. And we didn't realize that he, he actually had like a stroke. So a stroke is like a blood clot in the brain and it affected his hearing and his speech. So he couldn't speak properly and he couldn't hear us. So it was a moment of what is happening? And then uh, we then went to the doctor and then we realized that it was because of his hypertension. So this is high blood pressure. So there was a lot of pressure and it ended up causing a clot in his brain. 
And then why the blood pressure? Because of his heart. So his heart had somehow enlarged mm. and it was failing to pump blood very well. So yeah, I could say he had a faulty heart. Mm. So that was a very strange, unusual environment for us as a family because um, we got to watch or I got to watch my father, you know, transform because one day he's at work and then the next thing he can't even hear me when I'm talking to him. And I'm eight. I'm like, what is going on? And then the next thing we know, he's taking 16 tablets a day to try to, you know, um, fight the effects that this um, heart condition brought about because now he's uh, legs was uh, his legs were swelling. His stomach was also swelling. Um, his liver wasn't functioning really well. So everything was was a mess. Mm. So he ended up taking a lot of tablets for ten years. Ah, uh, yeah, for ten years, for ten years. So um, yeah. So I could say just being there in that moment, I'm like, I want my father back. You know, because where is he? You know, and I, I don't know. I, I was just curious to like understand, okay, what does this pink tablet do? What does this orange tablet do? What does this white tablet do? Because all I knew is these pills were going to bring my father back, you know, the death that I know. So, um, I used to read the little package insects that come with the medication. To be honest, I was vexed by the, <laughs> by the medical jargon, right? But, um, it then just got me started thinking how does medicine interact with the, you know, human body at like a molecular level? Mm. Like how does medicine know where to go? You know, how mm. is it actually working? Mm. So I think from there, I, I just grew up telling myself that I want to fix my dad. I want my dad back, you know. Uh, <laughs> Tell me, talk yes, to yes, us yes. about your dad. Uh, uh -huh. Who was he? I mean, how much do you remember of him? You were eight years old? Oh, my dad. He was... I could say he was the best. Well, he's all I've known uh, when it comes to like a, a fatherly, a fatherly uh, role. I was, by then I was still the last born. So I was really like a daddy's girl, you know, like I want this, he would, um, he would just give me. And I could say he was the one who also like pushed me academically because he was the one who used to pick me up from school. And then he would be like, do your homework. And then he had like a stick by the side if I make a mistake or if I'm a bit clumsy. He would be like, hey, 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 you know. So um, he was a really supportive uh, father who pushed me, who like taught me how to be somewhat independent mm -hmm. and do what, my what work. What was he doing? What was his line of work? Uh, so he was a manager at uh, National Foods. Yes. Okay. So, yes, he was a manager. So making sure that, you know, the milli meal was delivered at the right places, the cooking oil was mm. delivered at the right places. And yeah, so that was his job. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. the, the, do you remember a particular moment when the light went, you know, switched on? This is what I want to do. Was there a particular <sighs> moment where you like, this yeah. is what I want to do? Um, I could say the lights really switched on um, on the day of his burial. Wow. On the day of my father's burial because... Um, How old were you then? I was 16. Mm -hmm. I was 16. So obviously getting into high school, I, I was naturally good in biology, you know, <laughs> because I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really know what I want to do. I just want to fix my dad. But then it was just like, you know, when someone has been sick for a very long time, you get too comfortable. Mm -hmm. You're like, you've seen the worst. What could possibly happen? You so almost I, get used to them exactly. not being well. You get used to them not mm. being well. So I was at a point where I'm like, I don't know, you know, even exploring different fields. 
Yes, I even explored different fields, things like uh, food science, things like uh, oncology, so that's the study of cancer, things like uh, hematology, that's the study of blood. So I'm already thinking of other things because, you know, you're used to having someone who's sick, so what's the worst that could possibly happen? Mm. So I think, uh, yeah, when he passed away, that's when I was like... Describe it to us. How did it happen? Uh, so I wasn't home i was at school mm -hmm. i think it was only wednesday 12 uh 12 february it was only wednesday i was at school uh my mom uh, also works worked at my school mm -hmm. so i was at spaces college and then my sister was currently at home so i have an older sister she was currently at home and then my little sister was at school so my sister then called my mom to say please come home there's an emergency right and then the secretary comes to, I was in a math class, the secretary says, uh, your mom needs to see you. I'm like, what? That's so strange, right? And then the next thing I see, my neighbor's car is waiting for us. Like, we need to go home, there's an emergency. Mm. And we're just like. Mm. It's happened. Uh, it's happened. So you yeah. said his burial, that's when it dawned yeah, yeah, on yeah, you yeah. that this is what you wanted yes, to yes, do. Yes. Talk to me about that moment. So... We, I, I was given like a, a chance to like speak, you know, like uh, yeah. just tell us how you feel and, you know, anything to say about your father. And uh, I just said, why? Why did you go? Like you should have waited a little longer for me to like at mm. least, you know, get started in college or something to just at least know that uh, I'm really doing this for you. So um, I think in that moment I felt really helpless because I, I was like, I've been working so hard to like try to save you and then you just yeah yeah so yeah. Um, yeah, what do you so. think he would say if he was here with you <laughs> what do you think he would say oh take your time oh that's a tough question because um I think a lot of people will say uh, he'll be proud of you. That's yeah. that's what um, everybody says. But I feel like part of me, uh, he would probably say, move on, mm -hmm. help others that you yeah. can still help, um, like done for or mm -hmm. something like that. So, yeah, I feel like he, he would say, help others. Mm -hmm. You've done your part for me. So... Yeah, help others. Mm. That's what I feel like he would say. So, yeah. And um, we will take a break here. Yeah. Um, to allow you to dry those tears. All right. <laughs> um, please don't go away. When we come back, we are going to be asking uh, Rotend about what he's doing, what she's doing rather, to help others. As she says, if her father was there, she would say, move on help others. I believe STEM is a necessary skill set that everyone needs, uh, regardless of what you're studying, whether you're in arts, whether you're in commercials, mm. I feel like STEM cuts across. Welcome back to our conversation with Rutendo Kahari.
a biomedicine student. So, Ritendo, when we uh, took a break, mm -hmm. you were saying to us, if your dad was around, you would say, mm -hmm. move on and help, help others. others. Yes, yes. And I get a sense that you have a clarity about what your purpose is. And, and that, I mean, you've just flown down now from, from, from Cape Town. Mm -hmm. But what viewers, uh, what I need to share with viewers out there is that you, you wrote us a letter, um, mm -hmm. which is the reason why you're sitting here. Yes. And you said, mm -hmm. um, Mr. Mother, can I use your platform mm -hmm. to um, reach out to uh, people to help me with my fees? Yes. But much more importantly, to help others um, uh, to raise fees because there are a lot of young people yes. who, are, mm -hmm. who are in the situation that you are in. Bright kids, but who don't have the financial support to be able to carry out um, their purpose, um, their studies, as, as it were. Yes. So you found a place at a, at a university that you've always wanted to go to. Share that beautiful story with us. Uh, all right. Uh, so thank you so much. So, uh, yes, I started my U.S. college applications um, last year. And I got into my top choice school. How long did the application process uh, take? Check me, talk, talk, talk to us about that process. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like crying when I think about it uh, because it was a hard process, uh, especially trying to apply as an international student. So I started my application soon after my pre-medical internship. So that was August uh, 2022. Uh, so applying to the U.S. is quite a lot of work because you know, they need to know what are you doing outside school. Um, recommendation letters from teachers, what do your teachers think about you? They also have like a lot of essays. So tell us more about you beyond the stuff that you do beyond the grades that you get. So who truly is written behind all these things? So um, it wasn't easy <laughs> yeah. uh, getting all that stuff organized and then finally submitting that uh, uh, application. What so, was the most difficult part of, of that journey? Oh, um, besides the difficulties in trying to submit the stuff, because um, for some reason, the platform where I was supposed to like submit my application wasn't working well. I had like individually emailed the different schools that I applied to using uh, the school email to say, hey, the platform is not working. Can my uh, principal send her recommendation data and my reports through email and things like that? Besides that hardship, I think um, the personal statement or the big essay, mm. which is like, how do I... The mission statement yes, of some sort. Yeah. Exactly. How do I summarize my life in 600 words? Mm -hmm and make sure that they know everything that they need to know about me. They mm. need to know, um, you know, my passions, mm. uh, my interests outside my passions. You know. So how yeah. many schools did you apply to? So um, I applied to 14. 14. Yeah, I applied to 14 uh, because getting accepted into any year school is highly competitive. So I, I do know people who have applied to a lot of schools and still not get in. That's how competitive it is, uh, you know, applying to, to the U.S. So you, you, but the one that you wanted was? Uh, Baylor University. And you got in? And I got in. Congratulations. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yes. how was it when you got the letter saying you've been accepted? I cried. You I cried. called my mom. I was like literally shaking. I'm like, I got into Baylor. 
Ella, I don't believe it because, well, I don't know. There are moments of like imposter syndrome of like, do I really qualify? Can I really match up, you know, because I'm not exactly comparing myself, but I'm looking at other people who are already like at an advantage who are applying with me. So I'm like, can I? I don't know. So it was a moment of questioning myself. But also a true moment of excitement and disbelief all in one space. And you told mom and she broke down too? Yes, yes, yes. Because we had been working so hard because even when things were going like, we're like, uh, she was also like the first person I would be like, hey, mom, please mm. pray for me or help me. Um, I'm just, I just feel like giving up or I'm feeling helpless. I don't know what to write. So I don't know what to say. And yeah. Pretendo is the second of my three beautiful daughters. And I could not be more proud of what she's accomplished. Growing up, Tendo, as we affectionately call it, was that type of a child who solved problems, think critically, and generally argue a lot. Today, as a young woman, she is ambitious. She's goal-focused and self-disciplined. Tendo loves God, and she has very, very strong faith. Being her mom means I have to work as hard as she does so that I'm able to give her the right kind of support. There are times I need to understand her thought processes, her struggles, her achievements, and her failures so that I'm able to assist her. I'm also comforted knowing that Tendo has many, many parents. Inspired by the suffering of her father, Tendo is burdened by the challenges affecting our healthcare systems today. She has a strong desire to be part of the solutions. And for that, she needs all of us to rally behind her. Let us join Team Tendo and help her make a difference. Why did you particularly want to go to Baylor University? Uh, okay, so there are many reasons why I applied to Baylor. So, um, like I said, one of the main reasons is because of my interest in uh, the biomedical field. So the current research that's going on there is somehow affiliated with um, tropical and infectious diseases that affect Africa. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to study abroad, but how then do I connect the lessons from abroad to back home? So I need a school that's actively participating in research that connects me back to Africa, connects me back to Zimbabwe. So Baylor was a school that has faculty that's working, you know, on diseases such as cholera, on diseases such as TB, on diseases such as malaria. So I'm like, yeah. yeah this is where I want yes, to go. Yes, this is where and, I want and, to go. And so Baylor has offered you a merit scholarship. Yes, yes, yes. Um, what, how much of that is it going to take care of your fees? Talk to us about that. Uh, all right. So, yes, Baylor has given me um, a, a merit scholarship that covers at least 40% of... Uh, my cost of attendance. So within that 40%, it includes like the meal plan. So I don't have to worry about food while I'm at Baylor because yeah. Baylor is taking yeah. care of it. Yeah. And uh, so my balance is uh, about 60%. Mm -hmm. So that would be approximately plus or minus 40,000 mm -hmm. uh, per So you year. require 40,000 yes. uh, per year. To the viewers that are watching us right now, and I want you to address the viewers mm -hmm. directly. Um, your camera is that one. Yes, yes. Um, as to why they should support you and how they should support you. Give them the details. Why should they support uh, Rutendo Kahari to go to Baylor to do um, the studies that she wants to engage in? 
Uh, all right. So um, I feel you should support me because I've been working very hard to um, establish my purpose, which is to heal the world and to help everyone that I can so that uh, they may not suffer as my father did. So this is also an opportunity for me to uh, bring back the knowledge that I would have um, attained from uh, practicing scientists within the U.S. and uh, some of the research opportunities uh, that I'll have uh, during my studies. And also I've noticed that there's a wide gap in science education within Africa. So I don't only want to use the education I'll attain in the U.S to you know find new drugs or something along those lines but also as a chance to popularize science among young people so that's also my goal to be able to then teach science to other young people and so that they can fall in love with it fantastic yes. I think that's a powerful message still addressing the audience mm -hmm. how do they help you i know uh, you've started the yes, go fund yes, yes. um uh, initiative yes. uh, tell us the address the emails and stuff that we can uh, reach yes. out to you. Yeah? Yes, yes. Uh, so to support uh, my college fundraising, um, I've launched uh, a GoFundMe campaign with the support of uh, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Jennifer Jones. So um, to be able to connect with me, uh, you can email me at timtendo at gmail.com. So timtendo is T-E-N-D-O-E at gmail.com. So uh, that would be the best way to then um, contact me. Yeah. Yes. Tell me, is there a, um, does the GoFund thing have an address, a link? I suppose right. we will put the link at the All bottom right, yes, so yes. that people can, can reach out. All right, yes, yeah? yes. Uh, mm -hmm. So yes, definitely the GoFundMe does have um, a link. And as Mr. Ngobe said, you put it in the description box. So yeah, I think that's the best way uh, you would be able to um, interact with the link, but it's also available on my social media platforms, uh, such as LinkedIn, where I'm just using Ritendo Kari, and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So that's uh, all the other places that you can find the GoFundMe. Fantastic. Link. We're yes. going to put all those details all right. um, Thank you so um, much. On, the, on, the sh on the show. Yes. And, and this GoFund yes. uh, initiative is yes. also going to help other students. Mm -hmm. um, am I right there? You and other students or just yourself? Uh, all right. So it's going to help me mm -hmm. initially, but um, I hope maybe in the future yeah. I can help others, okay. like maybe start a whole new campaign to try and also help others because um, I think like you mentioned, there's really like, uh, you know, this gap between getting maybe accepted into a college and into a program that you want to study and getting funding to mm. study there, mm. right? So there's this gap that's already there. And with platforms such as GoFundMe, they bring awareness to that gap and how also communities can then come and try to help mm -hmm. right so initially uh, i i don't say i'm experimenting but because i've already i've uh, i've once done a gofundme but um i'm quite confident that this one will work out and yeah. once it works out um I hope I can do something for, for others. For others, mm. yes. And I'm sure it will also serve as inspiration to other students if they would like to start their own. Fantastic. Yes. You are a STEM advocate um, based in Bulawayo. That's what you use to do. That's what you're passionate yes, about. Yes, yes, yes. Talk to us about all why right. why that passion. Uh, all right. So I, uh, I think my passion for STEM 
was already there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I only got to learn more about it in when I was in form two, okay. probably 2017, 18 mm-hmm. thereabouts. That's when I really got to uh, learn about STEM and learning about the gender gap that's there, like I think 28% of women are in STEM. So STEM is uh, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So about 28% globally mm-hmm. uh, women participating in, in STEM, right? Uh, because it's considered a highly difficult field, and so women are intimidated by that. So how do you how do you encourage them? How do you motivate women to get involved in, yes, in yes. STEM? Uh, so I've served as an ambassador for like several STEM organizations. So these uh, organizations are already known for trying to bridge that gap. Mm-hmm. So organizations like Girls in STEM Trust, uh, Science and Learning. Africa Code Week, uh, Junior Medical Academy. So just to like break down what I potentially do in each of these. So uh, with Girls in STEM Trust, they usually have like um, like a speaker series. So I've been invited quite a number of times to speak to the girls, just telling them about my journey in STEM and why they should, you know, um, pursue STEM-related learning and innovation because um, I believe STEM is a necessary skill set that everyone needs, uh, regardless of what you're studying, whether you're in arts, whether you're in commercials, mm. I feel like STEM cuts across. So it's, okay, why? So already there's attention, a yeah. lot of attention that's supporting women and girls in STEM, So which is a bonus. If you're a girl in STEM, a lot of opportunities mm. can um, come your way. So Tell me, mm-hmm. what, do the, what do young women mm-hmm. uh, and girls say? What's, what int- intimidates them about uh, mm-hmm. STEM, science, technology, mm-hmm. engineering, and maths, and how do you encourage them? Uh, so I think one of the most intimidating things when it comes to STEM, I think it's the representation. Like, ah. where are the women? Where are the role models, right? Ah. So um, I like what one of my mentors said, Miss um, Ngomalo, she's the founder. She was here, she was sitting yes, here the yes, other day. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> right. And she mentioned in her interview, you can't be what you can't see. Mm. We can't be what we can't see. All right. It's 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 as simple as that. So wow, that's powerful. Though. Yeah, we we can't be what we can't see. So when you have other women role models doing the same thing, having gone through that journey of saying I did a an A level uh, a subject combination of this this and this and it had computer science in it and then I progressed to do for example informatics and then from there this is what I did. I moved into the field of data analytics. I became you know a data science and so on. If you don't see it how can you even begin mm. to conceptualize or fathom it, right? Mm. So that already, so we need more female role models, more female mentors sharing their stories, um, hand-holding, you know, literal hand-holding these girls to say, hey, the, your subject combinations are these, you know, progress with them in this manner and follow this path and, you know, that sort of thing. And then also mindset. Mindset is a big thing, uh, Trevor. Mm. If I keep telling you that it can't be done, you will believe that it can't mm. be done. And a lot of the women... Girls can do this. Yes, women girl, can do this. You know, why should you even be here? You know, and already the technology field, the STEM field, is male-dominated. You know, less than 30% world over of scientists are women. What of the other 70%? So if I don't have like a visual representation of what I want to be like or what a scientist look like, then why am I in this field? So it's a male-dominated field, right? So... I think 
representation representation is mm. right representation is important and because they fail to like see you know the astrobiologist or the civil engineer that they want to be they are just drawn back mm. they'll just go for the easier route mm. and obviously naturally stem subjects are naturally challenging but they are doable yeah. once you're in it i i feel there's a lot of support and there's a lot of resources that mm. can help you to like uh, and you've been involved with code for africa yes yes africa code yes 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 so i've been working with Africa Code Week since uh, I think 2019. So Africa Code Week is like the largest digital literacy uh, training platform uh, here in Africa. So it's training students and teachers to develop uh, coding skills, right? So that they can thrive in the 21st century. Right. So um, I teach coding to uh, primary school kids and high school kids. So it's a basic intro to coding with the language called Scratch. So right. it's like building blocks. So yeah, building blocks of instruction, I guess. So yeah, just telling a computer what to do yeah. to like develop something so they can create games, they can create animations or like, you know, storytelling. So create artificial intelligence. Yes, there are ways. Yes, there are ways they can, uh, yeah. uh, you know, they can incorporate artificial intelligence. So how can they, you know, incorporate sensors? You know, with our phones these days, there's things like face IDs and things like that. So how can they incorporate that uh, while they're learning how to code? So um, it's been a great experience. And also within Africa Code Week, they have uh, a competition that runs every year, a coding competition called mm. the African uh, Code Challenge. So I've been a mentor to wow to almost fifteen kids now because it's been I think I've been a mentor it's twice. twenty years. You're yes. already a mentor. To yes, other I'm already a mentor. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yes, yes. So Talk I'm, to me about that yes. experience of being mm -hmm. a mentor at at uh, at yeah. twenty. So uh, I I think what I realized with uh, the students that I was helping is I think they found it easier because it's like oh a young person is teaching me this. Right. right. It's not maybe someone with 15 years of experience who's teaching me this. It's someone who's also figuring out life who's teaching me this. And so they are easily more motivated because it's like more attainable because like it's just two steps ahead of me compared yeah. to maybe someone who's 15 steps ahead of me. And mm. uh, it's honestly been an empowering um, opportunity for me because I've been able to like commit my time and also my knowledge and expertise just to like help. Uh, students how do we solve a problem what how do you know a problem is affecting a community how do mm. we get to the roots of it and then mm. how can we develop uh solutions using technology right mm. because we can't run away from technology with the fourth industrial revolution coming up with artificial intelligence coming up so technology is like a big part of society and so uh it's already like teaching eight-year-olds nine-year-olds like how can we use your phone to, yeah. to, to, to solve the issue of littering or to stop poaching? How can you create a game that educates uh, people about animal conservation? Mm. So I, I love how I'm trying to nurture creativity, problem solving, I can, I can presentation see skills within, within uh, young kids. And I'm like, what was I doing at eight? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, being able to like um, give, you know, students that space to 
explore their interests because mm. most of them they're like oh coding is hard i'm like yeah. you're just piling blocks and telling you know like wow. move left move right uh 10 you, you make it sound so easy <laughs> it isn't um we'll take a break please yes. don't go away when we come back i might try and experiment in asking uh, Rutendo about artificial intelligence <laughs> and uh, whether she's frightened about artificial intelligence as I am. And, you know, you know, Elon Musk and them are beginning to say, hey, let's hold back on the development of artificial mm -hmm. intelligence. Join this conversation on the other side. I'm already thinking of, okay, I want to learn more about pages that can, you know, kill the bacteria that causes TB. Imagine getting free access to the Newsday, the Standard, the Zimbabwe Independent, and the Weekly Digest for a full month. What well, you can, and all you need to do is download the Newsday e-reader app on Google Play Store or scan the Newsday QR code in any of the AMH print publications and start enjoying the quality content. Welcome back to our conversation with Rutendo Kahari, a biomedicine student. When we went away, I, I did promise that I'll ask uh, Rutendo about uh, artificial intelligence. I'm going to read this. this I, I read this book um, um, some time last year, Hacking Darwin, Genetic Engineering and the Future of Humanity by Jamie Metzl. And, and this is what Jamie says. He says, the rapid advance of uh, artificial intelligence has frightened many people. Technolo technology entrepreneur Elon Musk and the late Stephen Hawking among them, who are concerned that AI will supplement and someday potentially harm human beings. Today, it is quite clear that artificial intelligence technology is not supplanting us. Mm -hmm. It is enhancing us. Mm -hmm. And yet, Rutendo, we have seen mm -hmm. the entire industry, Google, um, Elon Musk himself, and other people coming and saying, oh, wait slow on down. this thing, slow yes. down. Yes, yes, yes. There's a concern that mm -hmm. the development of artificial intelligence m has gone too far and too quickly and that there needs to be um, regulations. I read something actually in the FT and mm -hmm. The Economist the other day that says, if you're going to release... AI, mm -hmm. you should warn people about the potential, potential. dangers, yes. just like you re when you release a drug. Yes. What's as young as you are, what's your assessment of this very exciting but frightening uh, technology? Uh, yes, so I, I like the comment that you already made that, uh, you know, before you release something, make sure people are educated enough of the potential it has and the dangers that it has. And obviously, artificial intelligence, um, as it's trickling in, uh, it's helping us in like so many ways because it's cutting across, you know, different fields. But then at what rate is it going, yeah. right? Because people, I think they're learning more about it and how it can change the world. But then uh, they're overlooking the dangers that may uh, come within uh, artificial intelligence. So I would say it's scary in the wrong hands and uh, not so scary in the right hands. Right. So I, I, I believe um, education is, um, is the pivot yeah. uh, because also like 
trying to maybe look for like a different example to bring it into context like you talked about bringing in a new drug mm. you know people need to understand okay what is this drug how how did it come about how can it help me what are the side effects so maybe sometimes the drug does a good job but then the side effects are very strong for example with uh chemotherapy treating cancer yes it treats cancer but it's going to destroy your entire immune system right so do i want to get rid of cancer yes but do i want to lose my immune system no i think the, the, so, what you yeah. said what you said which is hugely important mm -hmm. Yes, it is good in the hands of the right people. Yes. But we know that once these things are out there, yes. the wrong people get hold of them and use them yes, yes. to, 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 to uh, destructive consequences. Yes, yes. Uh, so it's also like a question of like, uh, where do we draw the line? Yeah. Because also it's, I think it also like connects to things like uh, genetic engineering. You know, it's, you are able to like temper with the DNA. So say, no, I want blue eyes. I want, you know, I want to have blonde hair and things like that. Yet there's so many good things that we can use. Yeah, which, which is frightening. Exactly. I, I recommend this book <laughs> to a lot of people because it takes, talks exactly about that. You know, yes. How we hack DNA um, and uh, become like God in a way. Exactly. Uh, yes, interfere yes. With <laughs> yes, yes. Uh -huh. One thing that you've done and done very well mm -hmm is uh, finding a mentor. I mean, I was impressed by uh, Dr. Jennifer Jones, mm -hmm. together with your mother, joining you and I in a Zoom call to discuss this show. Yes. Um, talk to me about how you found your mentor, All right, uh, your yes. key mentor, Dr. Jennifer Jones. Jones. All right, yes. And what that journey has been like for you. Uh, all right. So uh, I met uh, Dr. Jennifer Jones in 2021. So um, she's got a strong background in education. So she's also very much aware of, you know, the fourth industrial revolution and things like artificial intelligence, biotechnology and, you know, all these cool uh, emerging technologies. So she was like, um, I want to open a school in New York. Uh, that is going to allow high school students to learn biotechnology. So it's going to be like a biotechnology high school, right? So I want to bring students from all over the world at this school, right? And she then developed what we know as Future Earth Academy. Mm. And she needed 12 students from across the world mm -hmm. to participate in this beta or in this experiment to see if the school would actually work, right? So... Um, how I got to learn about the opportunity was through um, this uh, other mentor of mine, uh, Miss Elizabeth Kulukulu. So mm. she's just sent, hey, hey, Tendo, I saw this. I think you might be interested. So I'm sending in your name. So the next thing, uh, I'm meeting Jennifer on an interview and she tells me about her program and she says, yeah, I think you would, um, this would be a great uh, space for you to start uh, to learn about biotechnology and how you can connect it to your passion for like medicine. So uh, through this program, I got exposed to like a lot of cool stuff, mm. a lot of cool stuff. Um, so because it was like a virtual program, I uh, wanted to explore virtual reality. So she sent down some a, a virtual reality headset and uh, a 360 camera. 
because we also wanted to explore 360 filming and um, some other tech gadgets to like support the program. So we would then meet with other students in VR headsets. So it would be like, you know, a conference room, like maybe like this space and we are just sitting, but uh, we are in the same space virtually. Mm. So that was, uh, that was, wow. that was really cool. So the beauty of technology. <laughs> yes. Yes. So the beauty of technology. Uh, so. Through this program also, um, like I said, we got a lot of opportunities to then learn about uh, biotechnology mm. uh, through some organizations or some biology-based um, organizations such as uh, GeneSpace. So it hosts like highly collaborative biotech classes. So you're wow. learning gene editing. How do I uh, temp around with uh, molecules? And, you know, I was, <laughs> it was all science. It was all science. And... Um, that then translates to my journey with uh, Dr. Jennifer mm. Jones. And she was like, I'm really impressed with how you've managed to like define your purpose and also define your passion. So I, I want to help you. I want to support you to make sure that you get everything that you need to make your dreams come a reality. And so she has supported me in so many ways, wow. so many ways. I can't she, even... she absolutely has you in her heart because she's actually reaching me. Yes. She's reaching out to me via LinkedIn and yes, so forth yes, and yes, wanting yes. you to get yes. as much help as possible. Yes, yes. And we're going to have a message from her uh, as part of this show yes, uh, yes. to support your initiative to raise yes. uh -huh. uh, your school fees, uh, college fees rather, yes, yes. via GoFundMe. Hello from New York City. This is Dr. Jennifer Jones, and I'm very proud to say that I have been Rutendo's mentor for over two years, and I have never met such an exceptional young woman. She is going to change the face of medicine and science all across her region and potentially around the world. Please join me, my colleagues here in the U.S., her family, and so many others around the world to support her in this very important step, to go to university and get the skills and wisdom that she needs to come back and help her people and potentially millions of others. Um, Rutendo, take us back to where were you born? Uh, I was born in Ublawayo here mm -hmm. in uh, Zimbabwe at uh, Mata Day on the 23rd of March <laughs> in 2003. Yeah. What schools did you go to? Uh, so for primary, I went to um, SOS, MN Minor in Ulawayo. Mm -hmm. And then um, Form 1 to Form 4, I went to St. Columbus High School in Makokoba. And then for my A-level, I went to uh, Spaces College, Ulawayo Campus. Mm. Uh, yes, yes. In interesting because of, of all the schools that you've mentioned, yes, there there is no you know high pedigree school there. You've gone to normal schools. Yes, but look how how you come out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm always having like this conversation with uh with my mom because I then realized like what you're saying uh compared to like um you know some of my friends who are already studying in the US right so for example people like uh Tamuda they went to very good schools that already have um support to students who want to apply to the US but I just went to like you know normal schools where everybody probably ends up in you know local universities and there isn't much support and also like the teachers don't know how to mm. support someone mm. who wants to like study abroad so yeah so I could say it also goes back to the mentorship uh with Jennifer Jones mentorship but your own drive 
Your own yes. passion, <laughs> your own passion, yes, yes, which yes. is very infectious. I'm sure people will attest out there. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Yes. So I have uh-huh. no doubt, um, uh-huh. Retendo, that the people that are watching you mm-hmm. uh, all over the world are going to support your GoFund. Uh, thank you so they much. They will come through because you deserve uh, this and more. Um, so how long are you going to be at Baylor? Uh, so I'm going to be at Baylor for four years. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so... Up to 2027, that's when I graduate. After graduating, what's your ambition? What do you want to do? Uh, so I'm hoping to then go into like a, maybe like a PhD program because I'm going to be um, majoring, that's what they call it, yeah. uh, in biology with the concentration uh, on global health. So it's like biology plus global health, mm. right? So... For my field to be like a biomedical researcher, a biomedical scientist, it makes more sense if you are like Dr. Mm. Kahari, you so know. Dr. Kahari. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you have a PhD, yeah. you're, 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 you make more sense as yeah. a researcher. So, yeah, but like I said, in my, already in my first year as I start uh, this fall, so in September, uh, I, I'm already going to be participating in a discovery-based uh, undergraduate research program for first-year students. So I'm going to be learning more about phages. So I'm already thinking of, okay, I want to learn more about phages that can, you know, kill the bacteria that causes TB. Mm. So that's already in my first year. Mm. Uh, so I'm hoping to be coming back home in between to support that research because it's going to be like my personal project mm. that I'm already that I'm already starting uh, within my first year. So I'm hoping to be jumping back mm. and forth to support that research. You're, yes. you're too young for me to ask you if you've ever failed. But let me ask you, <laughs> how do you deal with life's challenges? How do you deal <gasps> with tough moments? You've lost a father before. Yes. You were young. Yeah. But how do you deal with life's tough moments? To be honest, without sounding philosophical or like very smart, I cry. cry. <laughs> I cry. I cry. Uh, I remember my mom was like, you should stop crying. <laughs> you should stop crying. And after and crying? And after crying, I, 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 feel, I feel better because I've let everything out in a way. So now I can like focus because once something happens, I'm just like clouded. With yeah, but the tears. Yeah, so the tears away. wash away everything. And now I'm like, okay, where do I start? Mm. So after removing the cloudy uh, effect on my eyes, I'm like, okay, how do I start mm. after crying? So mm. Fantastic. It's, it's not the best. Uh, in public, but it works. But it works. But it, works. <laughs> yeah, well, it messes it up works. the makeup and stuff. Yeah, it messes up the make <laughs> the makeup, but it works. <laughs> hey, let's play a fun game now before we go to books. All right. What is your idea of having fun? I'm an introvert. You're an introvert. Yes. So I, I love my space. I love my space. You love being alone. Yeah. In a in a healthy way. Okay. Uh, so I would say maybe let's take you to the kitchen. Uh-huh. Cooking. All right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cooking is my uh, type of fun because I really get uh, creative. I didn't yeah. know I was creative until I got into the kitchen. Wow. So, <laughs> yes. Fantastic. So cooking and yeah. What's your favorite app on your phone? TikTok? TikTok. 
Okay. <laughs> what would, would, would left alone? You said you'd cook. Yes. Uh, but if you had a choice between a book and a movie, what would you go for? Definitely the book. The book. The book. Interesting. <laughs> What's the most boring thing for you in the world? Apart from watching paint dry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, what? What can I say? Whilst you're thinking of that, Ooh. do you have a boyfriend? No. What, 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 so when you're looking for a boyfriend, what are you looking for? I'm putting you on the spot. You're putting me on the spotlight. <laughs> what are you looking for? Uh, what are you going to be looking for? Um, I would say someone who is supportive, mm -hmm. someone who understands uh, my goals mm -hmm. um, so that, you know, whenever whatever happens, um, they're going to know that I'm going to put myself first. Wow, that's In clear it. out there, guys. She's going to put herself first. I'm going to put myself first. So I, I would want someone who is uh, supportive and also someone who is driven. So mm. I want us to grow together. Mm. Who's your role model? I've talked about my mom a lot. But, but she's your role model. She is, she is my role model because... Um, she she fights for you she fights for me and my sisters and she is also one of the strongest people that i know and mm. some of the most resilient people that i know and everything she does is how uh, many, is, how many is worth emulating so i have two siblings mm -hmm. um the middle child so my sister she's about to graduate uh, she studied applied chemistry at uh, the National University of wow. Science and Technology in Blawayo. And then uh, my little sister, she's turning 10 this year, so I've got like a 10 year difference. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes, yes. going to discuss books now because we love books on this show um if you could share three books with our viewers all over the world who love books three books that have inspired you uh, yeah. before you do um i really want to encourage people who are interested in your field of study yes um science uh to read this book this is a beautiful book it's um it's nicely written it's also is a uh, a recommendation from James Manyika, our own James Manyika, uh, who at that time was chairman of uh, McKinsey Global Institute and is currently with Google, I think. So it's a great book to uh, to read. What books do you recommend for us? <laughs> Hacking with Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm taking it. Uh, so uh, I believe whenever I read, I also enjoy reading. I find bits and pieces of myself scattered mm. uh, within books. Uh, so the first book I would recommend is When Breath Becomes Air mm -hmm. by uh, Paul Kalaniti. Mm -hmm. So um, it's the author, Paul, then um, shares his journey of how he transformed from being a doctor mm -hmm. to becoming a patient. So just before he completed his uh, medical school, at Stanford, he was diagnosed with uh, terminal lung cancer. So he's trying to like understand the meaning of life, uh, the meaning of death. So what happens at 36, you're told that you could die in the next six months. Mm. 
So what happens to all those life goals that you have? And I love how personal and real the book is. So um, it just got me thinking about how it's so easy for us to like get caught up in, uh, you know, our goals. And so what happens? How do you respond to life when one tragic piece of news changes everything yeah that changes what's, everything what's your down. next book what's your next book that you recommend if, if there's any uh yes yeah, so the next book is the hot zone mm -hmm. by preston richard so my books are a bit biased in terms of like medicine <laughs> so <laughs> yes yes so uh this one is really interesting what with, is it called uh the hot zone the hot zone yes yes by richard preston mm -hmm. so it talks about the emergence of the ebola virus in africa so how did ebola virus mm. come to africa and how did the locals react mm. right so this was like in around 1976 thereabouts so it's like okay these people are practicing traditional medicine and then there's this virus that's coming in how does society respond to viruses so uh, it also humanizes the whole experience is different when you're learning about diseases from a textbook because it just gives you like random stuff mm. but then within this book the author then tells us um like who was the first person to get the disease mm. who were the medical professionals Fascinating. who helped i'm going to rush yeah. you your third book your last uh, book? all right my last book um was inspired by my program in south africa global citizen year so uh i had the opportunity to meet uh kumi naidu is a world famous human rights activist and uh climate change also advocate so he has a book called uh, letters to my mother so he shares how his activism journey mm. and how it connects to human rights. So he Kumi used to be chairman of Amnesty International. Yes, that's it? the one. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's mm. the yes, that's the same Kumi. So mm. he talks about how his mother's death at fifteen inspired him to uh, advocate for social justice, to advocate for uh, a, a better South Africa, I guess, because uh, he experienced all this racism that came with the apartheid system. So it's really interesting to learn about how activism has been evolving in the last, I guess, 50 years through his book. And it's really got me thinking. Wow. Yes, yes, wow. yes. I can't believe I'm talking to a 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> the books that you've just, uh, you know, recommended are powerful mm -hmm. books. You know, um, um, as you're talking, I get goosebumps. I get so excited. This is a young Zimbabwean who is going to be going global. Um, you are an inspiration. I have no doubt that the people that are watching you at home are going to be so inspired oh, thank you so by much. this conversation. But much more importantly, that they're going to chip in and, and support your GoFund yes, so that yes, you yes, yes, get yes. your uh, college fees yes, and yes. realize your dream. But much more importantly, leave your purpose. Yes, um, yes. So, um, so proud of you. Oh, thank you so and much. And wish you the very best. Oh, thank you so much. Thank it you. means a lot thank coming you. from you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Remain seated there. Allow me to turn to our viewers who are all over the world who watch this show on a weekly basis. Remember, we're out on Mondays uh, on YouTube, uh, 7 a.m. Central African time. To ensure you don't miss out on any of these quality conversations, please, I invite you to click here and subscribe, like, and share. We've gone a step further. We've created podcasts which sit on our website. Uh, for your listening pleasure. All the conversations sit on the website uh, for your listening pleasure. So you can listen as you're cooking. Yes. Uh, listen <laughs> as you're having fun. Um, so please uh, support us by going to uh, click onto those uh, podcasts. Thank you for watching. Until next time, cheers to you all.